Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. All right, let's get the party started. And 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 these days, day and age, I mean, everything is a virtual party. Uh, we I did a, a virtual happy hour with my friends last night um, on FaceTime and, and Google Hangouts. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, had a cocktail with my friends. I am working, broadcasting live from the podcast bedroom studio. I'm with my man, Hung Lee. It is the 19th day of March in the year 2020. And been quite a 2020 my man it's been uh it's been strange what's happening with you hung lee um you know what i had i i'd hoped that 2020 at the start of this year would be a great year um but very very quickly that's been proved uh it could it couldn't be proven more wrong um so obviously oh, we've got a, a really difficult situation um over here in europe uh, i suspect the us will be no better um and and yeah we're, we're in the entire globe uh yet to come right india yet to come uh second wave in asia that's gonna happen so uh it's uh this is a this is a really uh a tough time for for homo sapiens i would say it, it is tough but i i think that we will survive i think that we are a, a resilient people um i think that we will get through this together i think that we need to come together and it's going to bring out you know, I, I try to be optimistic in these times um, that it will bring out the best of people and the best of society. But we also have to prepare for for the worst. Right. We also have to prepare, um, you know, for, for what's bad to come. So let's talk about just before we get into recruiting talent, global HR and all that kind of fun stuff. What's happening in the UK, man? What's the pulse? What's what are people feeling? Are people like is everyone on edge Are people being optimistic are they being pragmatic are they preparing or is it just a shit show and everyone's out on the streets partying which i know is not the answer but <laughs> you know obviously it's variable right i mean different populations different people individual level have their own opinions on it um i having just seen what i've seen um and know what i know i'm, I'm on the pessimistic side um I, I don't think that we've handled it well i don't think any european country really has i mean it's, no no government has right it's a mess um and this is such a tough thing to try and deal with um but we have seen some uh, examples of, of of people get get on top of it um right. and and i don't think you can really say the uk is one of those um uh, we've had a, a kind of a contrarian approach strategically on how to handle this process um, that has pivoted uh, in the last three days. We've now suddenly said, oh, we should do what the WHO have uh, been recommending for months. And now we're scrambling. Um, glad, so, glad to see they woke up. Yeah, well, belatedly. It turned out that actually um, they, uh, they modeled it wrong. Um, and they were, they were, they were, they were, their main consideration was thinking how long, what is it? how long a patient would actually need to be intubated for in hospital. We're all like experts of respiratory illnesses, right? But basically, uh, work. yeah, so essentially they were using pneumonia uh, as, as an example, some sort of uh, a flu or something as an example, but they didn't realize that actually if you study the data uh, from Italy and from Korea, from China, that actually is twice the amount of time people need to be on a ventilator, which obviously show up uh, the 
uh, the terrible numbers that uh, that were modeled. So then we pivoted, right. and now now we're going to suppress like we should have done from the beginning. Uh, but yeah, it might it's, well it's insane. Yeah. It's insane, and 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 there's going to be some really tough lessons learned here. Some really tough lessons learned, and and I'm trying to be optimistic. And listen, people are going to die, people are getting sick, and that's absolutely awful. But we have to look for the silver linings here. Um, you know, I talked about it on a show the other day that the technology and the information that's coming out of this is accelerating at such a rapid rate that we're going to have such advances and amazing takeaways and innovations coming from this, certainly at a terrible cost. But listen, life is unscripted. The The journey of us homo sapiens on this planet Earth is unscripted. I do not think this will be the end of us. Um, I mean, no. viruses has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Um, the other crazy part is that, you know, we all talk about the adaptability of a virus that like as viruses go on and on, humans, you know, our bodies are naturally adaptable. So some will build up internal immunities and defenses to this virus. Uh, but it's really, as you spoke about, it's those people that are um, not well, right? Those people that have pre-existing conditions, people that have, you know, weakened immune systems. Those are the ones we have to look out for. Um, Dude, that has moved, right? It's preventable deaths, man. That's the main thing. Um, I mean, yes, there's, there's, there's folks that obviously are more vulnerable than others. But, you know, if you're young, fit and healthy, that doesn't make you suddenly immune to this. Um, no. uh, what we've, what, what we, what, what is a tragic thing from all of this is that a lot of these people that are dying really could have been saved um, had we applied the right strategy at the right time, um, and had there been more transparency, more global sharing of of, of techniques, data, etc. Um, uh, we, we, we might have done a better job. But as you say, it's not an existential crisis uh, for the uh, human race. You know, we'll survive right. it. Everyone knows that. I think you know, all the scientific agreement is that this is not something that's going to destroy humanity. Uh, what no. it will do, though, is create huge change in how we live and how we operate. And, and uh, this is going to be the start of the brave new world for us. It is. It is scary, and especially for, for businesses. And I mean, local businesses, every business is taking a huge hit right now. Uh, and it's interesting to see the ones that are stepping up, the ones that are taking care of their employees, the ones that can afford to take care of their employees, and the ones that cannot afford to take care of their employees that are going into their own pockets, and employers that are putting themselves in debt to take care of their people, absorbing well, the hit. And I just on that note, I'm pleased you made that, Adam, because you get a lot of companies get praised and rightfully they get praised for this. But um, in situations like this, it's going to be the cash rich businesses that can afford to do that. Um, and I definitely think we, we can't be painting employers that are having to let staff go as the bad guy because that's just a low margin business. That's it. Um, right. uh, you know, I'm it's sure tough. these. Yeah, they have to let people go. That's that's the way it's going to happen. This is why the, the state really has to step in. And I'm very pleased that in the US, you start to talk about UBI. You start to talk yes. about, hey, we're just going to do this. Uh, Q, Q, QA, QA for the people. Um, I think the US will do that. And you know what? That's going to uh, basically catapult you guys back to the front in terms of how you how you innovate and how you set up a culture and set up a society. And I think if the US does that, almost every country will follow. Um, but we've yeah. got to do it quick because right Very now quick. people are losing jobs, they've got rent to pay, they can get turfed out of their house, and then what? You know, you've got hundreds of thousands. It's a downward of spiral. No, it's yeah. a terrible downward spiral. And I'm really hoping like, you know, we talk about this overarching idea of empathy, um, but then there's also practical empathy. And I was talking about it with my wife earlier today, right? There's only a certain extent that landlords can can give or reprieve. Like they could maybe, you know, 
take two months rent payment and maybe amortize it out over the rest of the year. Maybe there's ways to do that. Same thing with mortgages as well to give people some relief. Yes, you're going to be paying a little bit more later on, but you'll give you time to get back on your feet. You have money now, cash in your pocket for groceries, essentials, things to keep your family afloat. But then if you're a business owner and are you own properties, right? There's you have bills to pay as well. It's a terrible trickle down. So there's an extent to it. And then you know, you layer on government support, eventually we're going to have to pay for that or our kids are going to have to pay for that. Uh, so it's is, a delicate this balance. Is, this is where you can't means test it. I mean, you know, anyone who follows me knows I'm a big fan of Andrew Yang. Uh, and the reason why is because he goes with the universal idea of this basic yep. income. Uh, you've got to give it to everybody. If you start means testing, um, you've got a lot of people that are paper rich, um, but they're leveraged up to the max, man. Um, and if their businesses can't trade, you know what? They're actually uh, sort of on in terms of the balance book, probably more poor uh, than than the person that you would otherwise say is more worthy. So you've got to give it to everybody. You just got to say this is an exogenous crisis. No one can predict it. Yeah, um, We're going to reset, uh, but no one should lose their business. No one should lose their jobs. No one should be on the street that they don't need to be. Uh, you, we've got to redo all of that um, and then deal with the, yeah. uh, the aftermath later. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I know for me, my personal momentum, I mean, 2020 for me was off to a great start. Uh, you know, I had a lot of things going for me professionally and personally, and, you know, shit just hit the fan. Uh, and it, and it's crazy. And for me, um, you know, I'm somebody that gets kind of worked up over the small things, Hung. I, I get crazy over little things. I get crazy when my dishwasher is not loaded properly. I, I don't know about you. I played Tetris when I was younger. So I'm very like into things have to fit efficiently in that dishwasher. So I get crazy over things like that. But I take something like the world that we're living in right now. And you know what? There's a there's some solace in the fact that we're all in the same boat together. Yep. Everything everywhere is canceled. Nobody's like, hey, guess what? My birthday party's not canceled. Or hey, this concert's going on or that show. We're all in the same boat together. Um, and I think it's kind of in a weird way bonding us that everybody is listen, some people are well off and rich and on their on their isolated island and they're protected from the virus, but still they can't do anything else, man. Like it's we're all in it together. You know what? I'm, I'm pleased you said that as well, because that's exactly how I feel. I think this is not, literally we are in it all together uh, and we we're going to do better if we help each other. Uh, it's very clear um, that that uh, we're going to need each other to get through this. Uh, you know, this virus is 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 the uh, is, is, a, is a new thing that's happened. No one's got immunity to it. Um, uh, it's going it's, to it doesn't recognize, you know, your beliefs, doesn't recognize your values, your, your ethnicity. Does not discriminate, my friend. Exactly. It's going to hit you regardless. So we've got to help each other get through it. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. So let's let's talk rubber hits the road. Let's talk about the things that you and I actually could speak intelligently and informed on. Uh, we are not in politics. We're, I guess we're kind of lucky in that point. Um, but, uh, you know, you had a couple of recent posts out this week where we'll talk at a high level about certain things that companies should not be doing. And, and, with, and that, that kind of levels down into employer branding as well. Uh, yeah. You know, you talk about some basic things like auto scheduled posts. And I'll give one example. It's not quite an example of that, but I was watching the news this morning and there was a, an ad for cheapo air. Right. I mean, right. Like maybe I don't know, maybe it is a time to travel for some, but like maybe it's a little bit insensitive. Maybe she'll be a little bit more mindful about cheap air travel um, right now. But I even see it in ad campaigns. Um you know, I see some predatory stuff as well, which is really disgusting. Uh, for example, on Instagram, I'm getting a lot of ads for people literally selling toilet paper, paper towels at, you know, mm -hmm. twice, three times the rate. Uh, but let's talk about a couple of things that, that companies should be mindful of during this time. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that 
Obviously, this is a reset. Um, companies, you have a lot of automated marketing comms campaigns out there. None of that is relevant now. You really yeah. should have a pause on all of it because you run the risk of it going wrong. Um, I mean, the uh, a lot of the stuff that is annoying is, is actually not predatory. It's just literally being scheduled uh, a week or two is in advance. And this thing is moving so fast. Um, that what was entirely relevant at the end of February is completely the wrong thing in the middle of March. Um, so, so yeah, anybody who's like got a scheduled tweet or a, a sort of ad campaign that's automated, you got to rethink it. Get ahead it. of it. Uh, get ahead of yeah. it. Just shut it down. It's probably the easiest thing you've got to do. Um, the second point is, you know, we do need a bit of humor. We do need to kind of keep our sense of humanity, but I think you run a high risk if that's your, if that's your approach. Uh, so again, I've seen some, you know, use of, of COVID-19 as a, as a, as a, as a icebreaker, if you like, uh, on cold emails and stuff. And I'm just thinking, just don't do that. No, um, don't, don't take advantage. Do not take advantage. Do not, you know, do not be profiteering off of this. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've seen it on, on some sales emails too. Like, Hey, it looks like you might have some time in your hands now. Now's a good time for us to connect. Uh, and, and then they pitch. I think it's one thing and I'm actually taking advantage of this, you know, being a little bit of a lull in business. We'll get to that reasoning in a little bit. Um, but taking some networking calls that I might not have had the bandwidth to do in the past. Yeah. Right? Maybe, I think oh, now oh. is the time. Now is the time to connect. Connecting human to human. Yeah. People that you already, I would say people you already know, it's quite difficult to, convert anybody right now i mean what are your conversions rates guys you know if you're banging the calls out now how many are you converting is that going to actually yeah. help your business i would say probably not unless you, you're working in a niche uh, where there is a there's a clear demand for what it is that you do um but right now everything is on pause that doesn't mean you stop working it just means you end up shifting your focus to something else um uh, that you've that you've maybe neglected um and networking uh, and reconnecting with folks that you know uh, would uh, would rank highly amongst those, I'd say. Right, and take the time also to work on some skills that you might always wanted to develop, right? Maybe for me, I'm doubling down on content production right now. Yes, it's coming from my bedroom office, uh, but you know what? It's still amazing content with great people like yourself. And what am I going to do with this content? I'll chop it up, I'll repurpose it, I'll use it, I'll spread the good word and all that. Um, so let's talk about business and our business, which is talent acquisition, recruiting, the future of work. Um, I've seen some of my clients literally grind to a halt and mm -hmm. I have to respect that because they need to reset and fortify, you know, their infrastructure and make sure that their employees are set up. And every company is different. Some companies, as you mentioned earlier, have the cash and the resources and the logistics to think outside of just their immediate company. And that's awesome. But some companies are smaller and they really have to fortify their own defenses um, and maybe put a pause on talent and recruiting. I mean, my mindset is if at all possible, try to keep some momentum going. Because what you don't want to happen is when this thing clears, hopefully relatively soon, as it you're back at the starting line, starting from scratch. Because other companies might be keeping the momentum going, and you may lose some of those candidates that you have in play. But either way, whatever path that you choose, as long as you're communicating with your candidates and telling them, hey, this is our stance, this is our position, explaining it well, being transparent, I think everyone will understand. And ultimately, Hung, and I think you'll agree with this, everyone's got to be freaking patient right now. Just take a deep breath. Like... Don't be crazy. Everyone's just trying to figure things out one day, one hour, one minute at a time. What do you think here? I think it's absolutely right. And in fact, you know, candidate care is actually needs to shoot right up to the top of the of, of the priority list right now for recruiters. 
again, one of the things that we we neglect because you know what, uh, you know, because clients more important. We got to try and you know do it this way. But actually, right now, the candidate is imagine being in a process right now. You know where you were thinking mentally you're going to move company let's say you're prepping for this and then all of this stuff starts happening you're wow. at the finish line yeah it's really tough and I, it's, everyone's got stories they're more personal friends that have had hiring freezes thrown on them and they can't move forward and all this type of stuff people have even left jobs to get a new oh, job man. and then that's being crashed so yep. there's lots of stress i think recruiters have a role to play there absolutely go reach out to your candidates and uh and and show some empathy uh, to those folks yeah, just touch base, you know, human to human, you know, I think that's what it's all about. And just being as transparent as possible um, and trying to answer questions. And if you don't know the answer to the question, just tell them that. Be like, listen, I I honestly, Hung, I can't. I know you're in the process right now. I know we're, you know, you've had three interviews. We're close to a decision. But, you know, right now we just have to pause. On the flip side of that, I made a job offer yesterday. One of my companies, one of my clients is moving things full ahead. They're doing everything remote. They're getting people onboarded remotely. They're going to ship computers. It felt so good, you know, a little bit selfishly. It felt good for me. I needed that win for me to mm -hmm. say, hey, you know what? You're still doing things the right way. Mm -hmm. You made somebody's day. They're going through a lot of crap right now. They were scared and worried in the process. This person that I made an offer to uh, is in between jobs themselves. And that person needed it. That person yep. needed that good news. And those are the moments you have to say, all right, what we do in our job changes people's lives, right? Like us recruiters get crapped on all the time. But now's the time for the good recruiters even the ones that may not be so good. Now's your time to shine, man, because this is what's going to separate you when we come out of this. The ones that really do things the right way and keep their companies, clients, and candidates moving forward in the right direction by communicating and doing it with empathy and care, you're going to come out on top when this is all over. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and in fact, you know, one thing recruiters are, I think, very good at is, is adapting to new realities. Um, and this is an opportunity uh, what I see of, of this uh, pandemic is is that it, it's an accelerant of, of underlying trends that were going to happen anyway. Remote working exactly. was going to happen. Uh, you know, virtualization of the recruiting process was going to happen. Um, and, and this has just shocked it into overdrive. Now, if I was an agency recruiter or in-house recruiter right now, I would say, okay, fine. Probably right now I don't have a huge rec load. Um, but what I do have is the opportunity to figure out how to work with these new processes and how to be good at them um, so that I can be effective during the times of crisis still as these candidates and as these companies still need. Um, but also, you know, that's investment for when, as you say, we emerge from this period, um, you'll be well positioned um, to uh, to be a, a good performer in, in, in the new market. Right. <laughs> Yeah, now, now, now is a good time to build your pipeline. Now is a good time to reach out to some candidates that you know are A-plus candidates. And we're talking about passive candidates, ones that may not be on the job market, and just reconnect with them. Just say, hey, like, do you have 15 minutes to just have a catch-up call? I'm not looking to pitch you on a roll. I'm not looking to sell you anything. I just want to see what's happening in your job, your industry, what you're hearing on the street, so you stay top of mind um, with them. So I want to talk a little bit more about us recruiters, the ones that are in the trenches, and there's different types of recruiters out there, right? There's agency recruiters, there's in-house recruiters, there's independent recruiters like myself. It is tough. And I'll be honest with you, Hung. I'm scared, man. I'm an independent business owner. I'm a consultant. Um, you know, I already lost a small portion of business uh, earlier this week, which scared the crap out of me. Um, and that's, you know, short-term scare. I know that I'm going to be okay because I have the skill set and that foundation. I'm going to take some hits, right? I got to hunker down, keep my money. Um, and the ones that are in-house too, I mean, you're 
I hate to say this, but if business goes south, I mean, those are the type of things that companies, once they stop hiring, you know, those jobs may, you know, be. Uh, it's, it's already happening. It's already happening. Um, and I mean, doing what I do, which is basically write a newsletter for recruiters. Um, I'm, I've got a lot of people connecting with me um, and, uh, and and they're giving me information about what's happening in their, their personal situation. Um, hiring freeze at best in many cases. But other cases, it's like look, it looks like I'm on the market, and I'm, uh, they're gonna they're gonna shut me down, um, and that's uh, something we're gonna see. You know, I mean, again, four weeks ago, hiring a recruiter was like really hard to do. It's like super tough. Uh, you know, massive demand for a skilled recruiter. I think we're gonna get a surge of people on the market, and that market's gonna flip again. So um, we're we're in tough times. Um, I don't think recruiters is is any tougher than any other business. Um, you know, everyone is in, uh, as you say, one of the things that does give uh, you a little bit of grounding is that everyone is in the same boat. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, we just got to help each other through. We've got to figure out how can we help uh, highly stressed people um, and being stressed ourselves. But sometimes helping someone is the best way to de-stress for yourself. Right. Take it uh, off yourself. Take it off yourself and help and help someone else. Yeah. Go out there and do something and you just feel better that you've made a positive push forward. No matter how uh, you know small that may be, it's still a positive thing. And that just helps your own psychology. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick couple shout outs. Michael Goldberg. Thanks for joining us. My man, Michael Goldberg, coming out of Dallas, Fort Worth area. Michael's my man over there. Uh, Sherry Lally, how you doing? Wendy, Dr. Nelson. Nelson asks, how do you do the live thing? Well, it's a fun little application process through a small company called LinkedIn, uh, and they give access to, to certain people like myself who'd love to just yap and, and hear ourselves talk. And But really, I mean, I, I love LinkedIn Live because I especially in times now, of how do we bring information to people? How do we utilize it best? And I think that's what this platform was created for. Um, so switching back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, working remote, and we'll start with, uh, well, we'll talk about some work from home tips that apply to everybody. Um, but specifically for recruiters, I mean, I am a little different. I've been working remote for a number of years and I haven't mastered. Um, but when I talk about working remote, especially for recruiters, it starts with your mindset. It's about being focused. And a mantra hung that I repeat every single day during times of virus, during times of night viruses, plan your work and work your plan. This was taught to me on day one when I got into recruiting. And every day I go in with a plan. I go, here's what I'm going to attack today. Here's what I'm going after. Here are immediate, you know, open recs, calls that I have to make, things that I need to do. And if I could get to 75, 80, I'm not going to get to every one of them, but if I could get to most of them, I feel accomplished for the day. Obviously, curveballs come in, you know, things come out of right field, left field at you all day long, but that's something I repeat every day. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of these things for recruiters that are now working from home that they really need to focus on to continue success, to be efficient, and to be productive? Yeah, I mean, I think you may have hit on the best uh uh, the best tip, Sorry, uh, which is, it. which no, but it, to, to literally write it down, you know, get, get it down. Don't do, like recruiters often don't do this because they're, uh, the, the job can become like yeah, uh, second no, nature. No, no yeah, that's it. yeah, that's it. Um, the, the recruiting job can sometimes become second nature. Um, and an experienced recruiter might walk into the day, normal path, and then just get on with it and be great. Um, uh, but now we've got this shift um different environment you're by yourself you've got your kids there you've got your dog needs walking um your, your colleagues aren't sort of around to to to, to, to banter with you uh, you don't you you lost your rhythm um so i think absolutely you've got to create your own structure because suddenly you've moved from a structured environment to an unstructured one create your own structure 
Um, I would also suggest um, it's a case where uh, time boxing is very effective for me. It might not work for others, but this is literally um, uh, creating slots or blocks of time where you focus on one thing. Um, uh, uh, there's going to be... Yeah, uh, blocking and tackle. Yeah, block and tackle. I mean, basically, recruiting is one of those jobs that is full of interrupts anyway. So we're used to having like 100 things on the go. That's all fine and well. Um, but in this circumstance, it might help for you at, in terms of it, to increase your productivity, to clear some of that stuff out and block it out. In other words, looking at email. Recruiters, you know what? You can look at your email uh, 25 hours a day. You still wouldn't get through them. Um, right. You just play catch up. And, and, and every time you respond to one, you're getting thrown off of your previous task. Right. Uh, I right. find that I find that too. I, I I try to do the block and tackle thing. Um, but for me, I mean, I have three, you know, main clients. So I have three email browsers up, you know, they're not consolidated into one. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you have a priority if, if a job is moving along, if you're waiting for an offer approval or any type of feedback, mm-hmm. you might be a little bit more attentive to that. But if you could be disciplined to your point, it's really hard to do, right? You're always looking at your phone, it's buzzing away, it's it's going you got to use tools, man. I mean, one of these things, because um, these days you multi-tab, it's very difficult to keep your eye on everything because everything seems urgent when it happens. Um, and sometimes you you kind of kid yourself to think, oh, uh, that notification came through. Don't worry, I'll just quickly deal with it and get rid. Um, and, and that might take you two, three minutes, but your mind's off. So it's actually more than just two, three minutes. you got to reset what the hell you were doing. And then another exactly. mod- uh, notification comes in. And before you know it, the thing that you were meant to be doing um, that could have taken 20 minutes actually is now four hours down the road and you still haven't done it. Um, so that's a classic way where you've allowed the day to intrude on your day. Um, and time boxing with some tooling, I mean, you can use uh, sort of things like same tab, which is a browser that controls the tab management. I use a product called Workona, um, which basically right. you set up a bunch of tabs and you flick through them. So, hey, Recruiters do need to be on social. We do need to be on LinkedIn, but you don't need to be staring at that all the time. Shift no. to a different set of tabs. Um, What's, so what, can, what is Workona? I'm not familiar with it. So Workona is basically a tab management uh, product. Um, uh, w- the way in which I do it is there's, uh, if you're working on single screen, and I'm assuming that's the default that most people have, a lot of people that have multi-screens actually do it per bits of hardware, which is probably the more optimal way. But if you're going to do single screen, which I do, essentially what I what I have is a bunch of things, which is social. This is sort of informational input, chat, that kind of stuff. That's on one workspace on Workona. Second workspace is going to be, uh, I would say, deeper work. So this is documentation. This is spreadsheet. This is um, tracking, you know, whatever you do. Yeah, exactly. Those types of things. And then you have a third one, which is, you know, maybe personal stuff that you also need to take care of. You know, these days your personal uh, demands have all increased. So you do need to take care of that. Um, But not everything at the same time. So your eyes are constantly distracted. Um, And, you know, we we, we don't deal well when we've got new things, moving things all the time in, in, in front of our eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too. I mean, I am I mean, I've heard different schools of thought on on multitasking being a great skill. And I think for me. Um, it's kind of like OCD. Like I figure out how to harness my, my, uh, my kryptonite for powers of good, right? Like I take, you know, things that like affect me in OCD and I turn it into my superpower as far as recruiting that I'm able to multitask. And then some people will say that that's completely inefficient. You need to focus on one thing. And I really think everybody needs to find what works for you, right? Cause there's a different formula that works for everybody. But once you do figure out what works for you to your point, there's so many tools out there to make yourself 
um, more efficient and just be lean and mean. Let's talk a little bit about that mindful mind, mindset, wellness. Um, you know, for me, I mean, it's a rainy day here in New York, but yesterday was nice. And I took a, a two hour break and I went outside and I played with my kids. I, you know, went bike riding with my daughter. You know, we kept it tight. We didn't like congregate with other people, but use that time. Like a lot of people that have families and stuff, like you don't get this type of time to be around your family and hopefully you have good families, right? Like your kids aren't a pain in the ass all the time, but like use this time. You're never going to get it back. You're never going to get this time back and look for those silver linings, get outside, take a walk, um, get fresh air because you're not going to get sick just from the fresh air. Yeah. I mean, I think there there are silver linings there for sure. And I, and I know a lot of people that, you know, don't have enough time with, with their family. This is an opportunity to do that. Um, I am also sensitive to the fact that sometimes the home situation isn't great. Um, Let's talk and, about that. And, and this type of situation can be super stressful. So that's probably one of the, uh, the really tragic things about this um, is that yes. you have people together that shouldn't be there. Um, and um, that is that is something that. Ooh, let's pause on that for a second. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I I, I kind of caught a hint of this um, in a previous conversation I saw online where. Uh, and I don't want to go too dark on this, but some people, for them, going to work and going to school is is where they need to be to get out of the house. Some people have toxic households. Um, some people are not in you know homes that are loving and empathetic and caring and supportive. And some place, people don't have homes that are are logistically um, set up for working from home. You know, and it's and it's really tough. And that is going to cause so many stress. We've lost Adam there. I think I'm still live. Hey guys, um, if I'm still live, you still see me say hi on LinkedIn. I'm going to check whether Adam is still there on my phone. I think he is probably talking to nobody right now. Oh, hey, man. Hey, you, we're back here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Sorry about lost that. you. Hey, no worries, bro. We got cut off. Could you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Man. Hey, are we back? Hey, sorry about that, everybody. We had some technical glitches. And yeah, Andy, we're we're back, everybody. Sorry about that te technical glitch here. Uh, seems like that's something uh, that happens occasionally. I know when when Hung and I did our 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 podcast, I was sequestered to a studio room that I was not used to, and I had a weird internet connection. But anyway, we're talking about you know people that don't have the best environments at home, and and that's scary too. I mean, that's the reality of it. That that some houses are toxic and. Um, hopefully that just works out for the best for people and, and they figure things out. And maybe the silver lining is that it forces people to have to figure it out. They have no other choice, but to figure out how to live together, cohabitate, co-work, uh, and just live in harmony. Cross fingers. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, you, you'll find out some truths. I mean, you, you know, um, and unfortunately there's going to be uh, people that are more affected negatively than, than others on this. Um, and, and, uh, that's just, just, that's just really sad. Um, I'm not sure there's anything we can do about it at this point either. No, uh, other than no. be there, you know. I mean, being online yeah. is one of the escapes. Um, so you know, uh, even doing shows like this, I mean, I've been told that home, you know, please keep doing the Brain Food Lives on Friday, please keep sending the email. Yeah, and they, um, and then I, I realized, whoa, 
you know, uh, maybe that that is important um, because there's going to be some people that really need to have that sense of stability still. Um, and then yeah, they can escape into it for an hour or two, you know, um, and, and I, I've realized that that's actually quite an important thing to do. A hundred percent. And Andy Foote wants to know if you just have a closet full of white shirts and, and that's your uniform. Andy, no, this is only one white shirt. I wear it all the time for these shows. Um, so this is the white shirt for TV. Um, no, I, I actually have a closet of white shirts because I made a decision a long time ago when I used to wear shirts. You know what? I can't be bothered to accessorize or think about what matches whatever. Uh, I'm going to wear white, uh, a dark suit, white shirt, and then whatever tie works. That's what I made that decision a long time ago, and I kind of stuck to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope things open up, man. Uh, I have RecFest on my radar. Uh, I applied to be a speaker. I'm not going to check in right now. Hopefully the application is going in a good spot. I, I think that we need to be optimistic that things are going to blow over as best as possible. I don't mean to say blow over, but I think things are going to work themselves out, hopefully in a positive direction sooner than later. Uh, and hopefully before the summer, man, um, you know, kids in school and people going back to work. I mean, we could get through this for a little bit, but I don't know how long we could do it for. Well, I think we have to, I think the term is bounded optimism, right? I mean, I think what we need to do is recognize this could be a very long haul and mentally prepare ourselves for it. Um, I don't think, uh, I mean, everyone's got a different mental approach. Um, uh, I, I, my, the way I'm thinking about it is okay. This probably is going to be a big shift in terms of how we all operate. Uh, you know, world mm. doesn't go doesn't doesn't go back to as it was. Um, and we need to all just figure out where we're going to be. What we have to do um, in this time of change is just to equip ourselves to best handle more change. Um, uh, you know, and this for me is keep building the network. Um, I keep building the profile, keep building the skills. This is where you suddenly have more time perhaps than we did before. Um, Absolutely. Don't have this time poor excuse. Okay, invest the time um, and invest the time in building basically your capacity um, to be agile and, and to, 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 to be able to, to adapt to whatever future reality that, uh, that might present, uh, present it to us. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point, too, is really honing those those soft skills, um, and especially if you're a recruiter. Um, maybe it's going deeper into your industry knowledge. Maybe, you know, if you're a tech recruiter, you know, spending more time uh, in the blogs and the blogs and learning and learning the technical lingo. You know, again, spending more time making those informational calls uh, with candidates. But we will get through this. And I want to keep things light and airy right now. Hong, you want to play a quick game? Sure. We're going to play a game here. It's a, it's a game I have. It's called Pod Decks, and uh, part okay, of the name it. here. But essentially, it's mm -hmm. a little bit of an icebreaker game here. So I'm just going to take uh, a few random cards here. I shuffled this mm -hmm. earlier. For anyone playing at home, we have not. Uh, I have not stacked the deck. I have not started. Um, so I'm going to try to hold them up here. Uh, this is my left. This is my right. Uh, pick a card. This is one, two, three, four, five from my left. I'm going to go uh, one. This right here. Yep. Ooh. Serious question, Hung Lee. I don't know if you have a, a Fitbit or, or, or an Apple Watch, but do you count your steps? Do you track your steps? Uh, serious question, serious answer, no. No. Steps is when I go on vacation and I want to see how ridiculous uh, amount I've walked uh, or, or, yeah. or hiked that day. All right, let's pick another one here. This I want to go too. Yep. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, go on. Two is fine. Yep. 
Have you ever worn clothing with the labels or tags still attached? Is it is a tag still on your white shirt for Andy Foot? Um, honestly, that has never occurred in my entire life. Really? No. Like what about you talk about, you're talking about walking, you're walking out the street with the uh, the tag still on uh, your suit. <laughs> no, man. I mean, you got to take care no. of your face a little bit. I mean, I'm terrible at it generally, but you know, yeah, I, I cut the tags off as soon as I get the damn thing. So, um, all right, so, let. No. Let, last but last but not least, um, let's go. I'm gonna go dealer's choice here. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I want to find a good one here. I'm kind of cheating here, but I want to find something. Uh, okay, what is the weirdest thing that you find attractive in a person? Oh my god, uh, this is where is, is, do I need to reveal my kinks now? Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is where this is where it gets fun here. Oh dear. Um, and now I've just mentioned kinks. So it's like I can't stop thinking about terrible things. Uh, no. Um, what do I find attractive about a person? Um, I don't think it's weird. Um, I mean, I, but I do like people that are um, that generally are quite honest. Um, uh, you know, um, it, like they can be a bit, a bit crude. Uh, they can be a bit right. unskilled socially. If Radical like. candor. No, I don't mean rude per se, but you know. Uh, uh, there's certain people that I think um, like, there's someone who's nice versus someone who's charming um, and, and a charming person is, is someone who has all of the skills to make you feel good but you know what you're not sure whether they're going to make you feel good for, for a purpose or an agenda um, uh, whereas you know there's other people that don't have those skills and actually they may not be the most popular people because of that um uh, but you know they've got the you know that they're not faking it you know that they're honest um and there's a there's a trust factor there yeah, so I, agree. Yeah, I mean i don't think attractive is the word but i deeply respect that that degree of honesty i like good good spin on that you took it from a, a weird place to a to an okay place here and that's Thank a good skill set <laughs> you right. can tell that hung is a skillful moderator you know what i'm gonna go last one here because i'm gonna talk about my injuries too and i i feel like i've been injured a lot in the last couple of weeks like really stupid injuries, but what is the dumbest way that you've been injured? Uh, the dumbest way physically injured, you mean? Yeah, we're not talking about mental scars. Okay, physically injured. So I'm getting old, right? Um, and and I'm 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 at the point. Are yeah, we all I'm, technically? Yeah, getting on there. And and you know what? I'm at the stage now where I'm I'm like overdue, like a comedy injury. Uh, you know, where you get out of bed, oh, there's your Achilles tendon. You know, something serious happens off something and knock it. Um, so I'm very conscious of all of this. Um, like a serious injury, I would say um, that was trivial. You know what? It's quite a horrible one. I don't know whether people want to hear it. Um, but uh, but yeah, okay, you asked the question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, answer it. Uh, so my hearing is kind of off on one of these ears. My left ear is a little bit worse than the right. Um, and there's a reason for that, um, because when I was a kid, um, I used to clean my ears with Q-tips. Um, and one of my appalling, terrible, never-to-be-repeated habits was to leave the Q-tip in the ear oh, while I was walking around. Yeah, you know where this goes. Um, so as I was walking um, sort of in the bathroom, it wasn't a big bathroom, but I walked, I turned, the bathroom wasn't locked, door opened, bang just jammed it right into my head oh my god and and I, yeah I, I i wish i could go back yeah we don't want to go and not ask this question that. no we don't know about it. let's move on um but yeah that, yeah that was a horrifying moment for me injuries uh, are tough here so let, let, let's let's wrap this up here and, and, and i want to give some closing thoughts some closing advice um 
you've you've been around the block, man. I'm not calling you old or anything, but I mean, you've just said it yourself that you're getting up there in age. Um, and you've been through recessions, downturns, and you know, we talk about recruiting specifically all the time. It's a freaking roller coaster, man. It is a freaking roller coaster of emotions. And I truly believe that now's the time to harness that tenacity, rely on those calluses that you've built, um, those internal mental calluses that you have that make you tough, that make you resilient. Um, and hunker down, you know, be true to your core values, um, do the right thing every time. But what are your last, uh, you know, words of wisdom that you want to, um, you know, tell everyone here? Uh, recruiters are adaptable, number one. Um, and basically recessions, which let's say we're going to have this one, they're not they're not evenly spread across every industry and every geographical location and all the rest of it. So what we have to do as recruiters is understand where the demand might be, uh, position ourselves smartly for that. Uh, to give you an example, um, before this call, I had another call from a bunch of friends of mine in uh, in the Netherlands, um, and they're setting up um, a recruiting service for free because obviously they're in uh, the same boat as everyone else, but it's a yep. it's for good kind of project which i want to support um and they're, they're but the reason why they're doing it is because there's a huge amount of demand right now um for emergency workers um uh, which previously you know of course we needed them but there was never a, a kind of a, a a surge like we have now and by the way an emergency worker is not just a, a person who's on the healthcare front line this is a garbage disposal person um, right. uh, this is someone who, uh, might repair sort of, uh, the, the, keep, keep the energy the equipment, going. right? Yeah, all of this stuff that, you know, probably we would previously have not considered to be very high value jobs. Turns out society depends on them. Um, and there's a massive shortfall, um, in critical areas now, cause we've had to rearrange society to try and deal with this crisis, uh, delivery, you know, all this types of stuff. So, um, mm -hmm. they have a crisis and they're building something that can help. Uh, employers rapidly connect with uh, people that um, uh, could do those jobs. So it's a sign for me uh, just to, to, to follow up on, on the, your question that there is always going to be recruitment demand irrespective of the situation. We just got to understand and read the runes to see where that is and position accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm helping uh, a fellow recruiter out who's helping staff the drive-through um, testing stations here in the tri-state area. Uh, we're putting a call out. Um, and I think if my bandwidth for some reason really depletes over the next week, I'm going to look to him to see how I could help out and at least put my recruiting skills to work. I, I'm a people finder. I'm a connector. Um, and you know what? Like, let me. I don't even care if I'm making a penny off it. Like, I'm good for right now. But if I could help people uh, in this time anyway, the same thing with remote work opportunities. I mean, you think about the amount of people that are losing their job in so many industries: restaurant, hospitality, tourism, um, entertainment. Those people are out of work. Yep, the other work. We have to do something about it. And these types of things might help. So, for instance, just to give you an example, one of the uh, in-demand jobs, it turns out, is call center stuff suddenly. Yeah. Um, the lines Support. are overloaded. Lines are overloaded. So what we've got to do is basically connect people that are uh, that have been laid off. They're in retail. They're in they're in something that basically requires people to move around. Let's get them connected to jobs where they don't have to do that and they can do it from home because uh, there's demand for this talent. Um, yes, yeah. so this is the, the function. I would I think recruiters would wrap are going to rapidly assemble around this. Um, and as you say, I think there's going to be a lot of time donated, uh, but eventually this may be, you know, a, a future place that you end up doing your business. Um, uh, uh, exactly. 
Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think LinkedIn too, hopefully they got the message too. I, I've seen a couple of folks on LinkedIn uh, who work for LinkedIn, uh, assisting people with some donated premium accounts, some other services. Uh, maybe they could reduce um, you know, some of their uh, fees around some of their uh, added premium recruitment services too, as long as they are for good, right? We're not talking yep. about somebody who's still profiting off of this. Um, Hung, uh, I appreciate you a lot, man. And what you do for this community and you're a curator you're an amazing content dj and you're also a pretty good mc uh pulling it all together and 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 really propelling our community keeping everyone informed so thank you for that i appreciate our friendship um and i truly hope that uh i'll see you in early july at Wreckfest in the uk my man and uh, have that pint that we've been waiting for absolutely i look forward to it dude Awesome. Uh, and everyone following along, uh, I'll have the full replay in the, in the comments here. And if you're not connected to Hung, please definitely connect with him. I will also put a link to subscribe to Recruiting Brain Food. It's awesome. I wake up hungover with Hung every Sunday. Hungover with Hung. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I didn't coin that one. I'm sure that's not original. Figuratively. Figuratively. Um, yes. Yeah. My Sunday mornings, the first email that I see when I kind of my one crusted eye opens up. Uh, when I have the kids grabbing me on one side is 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 Hung's recruiting brain food. But I kid, I kid. It's awesome. It's something that really keeps me connected. Hung, I appreciate you and everyone listening. Thank you for joining us on the podcast live. I'm working on some shows for next week. Um, it's all up in the air, but I'm going to bring together some great folks like Hung and keep everyone informed. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, just take care, wash your hands, and look out for each other. Be good. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.